What the fuck is up, world? Biali, Tlaltik Bak. We back in this bitch. Another podcast for that ass. Another grito. Sea dicho. Coming about one week from the Run It Back One episode. It's, I'm happy to be back so quickly, okay? We'll call that growth on my behalf. Painful, painful growth, as you can see by my boy, my brother in the background, new addition to the background, right? Uh, growth. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> the courage to grow, if you will, right? We don't have to grow, but those of us that choose to, it takes lots of courage. So if, you're, if, you're, if you yourself are going through the growing process, my love and unconditional support goes with you because I know how fucking hard it is, but how important and perhaps even more importantly how rewarding it is as well right so yeah growth dog um yeah uh, like i said i'm happy to be back from the crib ready to drop some more of this hood philosophy shit okay and uh yeah before i get started just a quick formalities get them out the way if you haven't already follow your boy on the gram mostly though i am going to try to be more active on youtube as was suggested to me by miss julie's busybody once more right so if you're on the youtubes and you're listening to this i'm fucking sorry okay it's just, it's not, I'm, I'm a buck, I'm, I'm old, bro. I'm fucking 35 years old, okay? Uh, uh, I got into the fucking social media shit at, later, you know what I mean? So, I'm, you know, I'm trying to, it's not an excuse. I got to be more fucking adept. I got to be more fucking on the ball. You know what I'm saying? So, if you are one of the uh, people who listens to this on YouTube, what the fuck is good, homie? I see you. I appreciate the fuck out of you. Trust me, like, I cannot explain to you through word, text, comment alone, okay? It always has to be through fucking voice because, you know, this is the way that I personally feel is the best way to communicate sincerity and, genu- and genuine emotion, right? So if you are on the YouTube, you're listening to this, you've been fucking keeping up with me, dog, I appreciate the fuck out of you, okay? Uh, the same goes for those of you who are on the other socials that I don't follow as well, right? Um, Obviously, I stick mostly with the fucking with, with the gram, you know what I mean? But it's it's imperative that I fucking continue to, you know, be more mindful of, of those of you who aren't who aren't on there. Right. Um. So, yeah, dog, let's just get straight into it, bro. I'm fucking, you know, with the formalities out of the way. I, you know, I did mention in my last episode that the last actual Grito episode, OK, uh, that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to drop a follow up podcast, OK, to the human capital shit. And talk about how this has already been established. It's been it's been an established practice, and uh, it's only getting further scrutiny now because of how domineering you know the technology is becoming, right? And the world in general, okay. And uh, that podcast itself, you know, in the interest of full disclosure, it is half complete, okay. And I'm looking forward to getting it out to you soon. Uh, here's the book for those of you who are interested that I'm basing the podcast off of that particular episode. So maybe if you don't want to wait for me to fucking do that episode, you can just fucking peep the book yourself. It's uh, Rhetoric, A User's Guide by John D. Ramage, right? And, you know, like, I- I'm-, I'm working through it. I'm getting through it, you know? So uh, that podcast is definitely in the works, right? But uh, I-, I did I did want to take a... <laughs> I did want to take a break from that, dog. I did want to take a break from that. And the honest fucking reason why I wanted to flip the script and, you know, is because I'm just not there right now, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. I'm not. I'm not there right now. Okay, and uh, I didn't want to fucking provide a half-assed podcast that I'm just basically fucking faking the funk on. You know what I mean? So you know where I'm at right now. Obviously, with my brother and shit, is you know I just felt it was more appropriate to do some more hood philosophy and you know Nawa shadow work type shit, dog. Because that you know that's where the fuck I'm at, bro. Uh, <laughs> and you know I guess before I do continue, I just can't continue to emphasize how 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 meaningful it has been for me during these times for those of you who have reached out and expressed your fucking condolences for sure 
And also you're fucking like, yo, what's good? When's the next episode dropping? Like that shit, like it really does motivate me to, you know, like try to fucking, I got to stay on the ball. Like, nah, dog, like let's, let's fucking keep this shit rocking and rolling. Like, yeah, obviously we're going through some shit right now, but we can't let the world, you know, like the world, the world's not going to stop, dog. And, you know, life, life in general is not going to stop. So you got to fucking, you got to not soldier on because that implies that you're not dealing with what the fuck it is that you got to deal with, but you got to fucking... You got to carry the fucking weight. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to pick it up. You can't just leave it down. We talked about in the previous episode about how it's okay to put the weight down sometimes, but it's not okay to leave it down. You got to pick it up and you got to keep moving, dog. Right? So, yeah, that, that that's where the fuck I'm at, dog. You know, just dealing with the death of my brother. Obviously, the continued fallout of it. it the shit has not been easy, bro. And, you know, despite any external <laughs> external appearances that I might convey, I, I, I say this because I was listening to this one interview with... Um, schoolboy q and he was talking about uh mac mac miller and the comment that he made basically was it was a tweet i think it was talking about how people were dogging him for not fucking expressing his fucking you know his grief if you will for the passing of his homie and you know what he clapped back with was basically saying that i express my shit in real life dog social media is not fucking real you know what i mean like let's be fucking honest dave Chappelle was 100 correct real uh correct they, uh, social media, it's not fucking real, dog. So just, you know, uh, just because people don't fucking put their shit up, you know, let it be known, like, it doesn't mean they're not dealing with it. You know what I mean? And that, that's kind of the, the, the shit that I, that, that I, it really resonated with me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to, I want to say this, dog. I, I really want to clarify this because it's not like, I'm not trying to like glorify. I'm not trying to fucking, you know, hype myself up. But the reason why I want to say this is because I did have, I have had like, instance i have i've had conversations let's leave it at that with peoples okay in in the wake of the passing of my brother who have reached out to me and been like yo like what the fuck dude like not they're not talking shit about how i'm dealing with it like oh you say you love your brother but you don't even fucking show the emotion like that's not what i'm saying they're saying what i'm saying is i've had conversations with people who are like looking at me and being like oh my god like how the fuck dude like you seem to be so composed and calm about all of this you know what i mean and uh that this is this is like a, a huge topic so let me let me fucking let me break this shit down piece by piece dog okay because it, it, it's it's gonna be it's it's the, it's the whole it's the whole episode here okay the whole nawa shit the whole episode okay the whole shadow work shit it's gotta you gotta build slowly the foundation slowly okay and uh i guess the reason why i wanted to you know talk about it is because i'm acutely aware again of the little small influence that i've managed to carve out in my little corner of the fucking internet you know what i mean I appreciate the fuck out of every single one of you. You have no idea how much it means. But I'm also aware that, you know, it does like we we influence each other. You don't, you know, I just I just spoke to you about how you influence me. You know, you influence me by reaching out and you know expressing your condolences and saying, yo, when the fuck's the next episode dropping? Like that shit influences me. It motivates me. You know what I mean? So I'm aware that it's a fucking a two-way relationship. So what I'm trying to say is that I'm aware of the projection of how it appears as though. I'm kind of just soldiering through in this very stoic manner through the fucking passing of my brother and uh, the re which is absolutely not true. Okay. And uh, the reason why I want to clarify that is because I understand full well that y'all got your own shit going on too. And if you're listening to this podcast and if you're fucking following along on the socials and shit, you know what I mean? And you see me posting shit that's like, yo, what the fuck? How is this dude like dealing with this in a seemingly so nonchalant way? That's a huge fucking responsibility, bro. Like on my end, I feel like, because it implies that uh, I, I'm giving off this fucking pretense that all you got to do is just fucking like ignore this shit and keep rocking and rolling and everything's going to be fine, which is 
absolutely not the case. It's absolutely not the case. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, dog, again, this particular incident that struck out to me, I was, you know, sitting down to prepare this episode. And uh, I was thinking about this one conversation I had with somebody who, you know, they reached out to the gram again, shortly following the passing of my brother. And they asked, like, how the fuck, how are you so strong? And the idea here is like, I'm sure they were like, I I don't want to, I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to spill too much about it. And I don't want to fucking glorify myself in a, in a needless way. You know what I mean? What I'm trying to say is like, it's not a vainglorious cloud chase, bro, but just an honest expression of the message. And the point, you know, that I'm trying to convey to this person at the time was that, you know, there's really nothing special about, <laughs> there's really nothing particularly special about what I was doing. You know what I mean? And uh, when I'm saying this, I wasn't trying to downplay the effect that losing a loved one can have on people because that shit is not right, dog. Like motherfuckers express their griefs in a, in, in a variety of ways. You know what I'm saying? So to try to downplay somebody for expressing their grief in a way that I'm not fucking necessarily doing. So I say necessarily because, again, fucking social media is not real. So just because you don't see me fucking blasting it on social media doesn't mean that it's not happening. You know what I mean? But um, even if even if like me personally, I know how I'm dealing with it. You know what I mean? And if I see people that are dealing with their grief, the loss of a loved one in a way that I'm not dealing with it, like I'm not going to fucking, you know, downplay that shit. I'm like, oh, what a fucking pussy. Like, oh, you're crying over here. Like, oh, lamenting, like pray, asking God why. Like. That's fucking pathetic. Like, no, I would never do that. You know what I mean? People fucking deal with their grief in their own way, dog. All right. And uh, <laughs> uh, honestly, honestly, dog, you know, where I was when my brother first passed away, it was the result of two things. It was the result of two things. Okay. And uh, the f first and foremost, it was, you know, a response to it was a response that was born of, I should say indigenous survivance homie like just straight up i've spoken about this at length in previous episodes i still have plenty of episodes in the pipeline you know once i have the actual spiritual energy to fucking manifest them uh that's gonna deal with indigenous survivance in detail and in greater detail you know what i mean but uh for now it just suffices to say that ain't shit changed homie this is something that this indigenous surviving shit it's something that we learned i learned my whole family did from my grandparents, bro, both of which, you know, they've endured extreme hardships in life and, you know, they've had no choice but to overcome nonetheless. And uh, they're still dealing with it. You know what I mean? No one's taking the death of my brother harder than my grandparents have. That was their fucking son, bro. You know what I mean? And uh, they themselves, you know, they no, they no doubt learned this fucking strength, this spiritual strength that they developed, you know, from their folks going back generations, bro, because... Without this mentality, we would simply, we, we, our, we, would, we would not be here, bro. We would not have survived the fucking Spanish invasion. And that's just, that's just fucking facts, dog. Like, that's just facts on facts on facts. I wish, I mean, you know, I, I've spoken at length about indigenous storytelling and shit and the importance in plays, man. And I'm fucking, my whole life, we've been listening to stories from my grandmother specifically, bro. We've, I mean, it's not that we didn't care about the stories, but we never, I never, I, me personally, I never realized their significance until now when I started to, you know, re-indigenize if you will indigenize i should say and learn about you know the significance of stories and you know hearing my grandmother tell these stories about how she you know uh, about the hardships she endured and, and and you realize like god damn dude like these are some strong fucking people bro uh i'm not saying that they don't make them like they do you know <laughs> Uh, maybe, maybe, fuck, maybe they don't make them like they used to, man. But I know for an absolute fact, you know, my grandma talks about how, you know, her her family, it, it, like, that 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 is they're from. The, I've spoken about this before on the gram, but for those of you who you know only do, do the YouTube's or the audios, my grandmother is uh, of indigenous Iretila uh, descent. That is a, a Lagunera, if you will, Laguneros. Okay, that's the name that the Spaniards 
gave the indigenous peoples that, you know, my grandmother comes from uh, here. Uh, well, not here. It's in, in fucking Mexico, right? Uh, around the, uh, the Monterrey area. Okay. It's around that region. Okay. They call them Laguneros, but the actual name is the Iretila people. Okay. And, uh, you know, she's fucking <laughs> telling these stories, bro, about, you know, when she's growing up in fucking Mexico and, you know, the hardships that she endured. She grew up with fucking 13 siblings and her uh, 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 father and, and mother inside of a barn, bro. You know what I mean? And uh, there was times when food was fucking scarce. There was times when people got sick. There was time when fucking people died. There was a fucking flood that completely destroyed their fucking uh, their barn and they had to move on to somewhere else. You know what I mean? The, the, they call them Laguneros because the, the land that they occupied, their, their, their original indigenous ancestral home, it's on a fucking, it's an estuary, basically. It's where these two rivers fucking uh, empty out into and they create a lagoon, right? That's why they call them Laguneros, Lagoon in, Sp in Spanish, right? They're Iretila people. That's, that's the indigenous name, right? Anyways, the whole point is, dog, is that uh, <laughs> the, my grandparents, you know, this is, they've endured hard shit, bro, since fucking going back for sure, even before the fucking, the, 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 the Spanish invasion, man, because just life in general, bro, for people prior to even today was fucking hard. Just to survive was very difficult, bro. Okay. So, you know, you couple that survivance that my grandmother has with the survivance of my grandfather, dog, you know, who, since we were young, we were young, bro. And since, you know, when, when shit gets rough, the mood in our family, our family has always been to overcome no matter what. And, you know, because the saying from my grandfather has always been siempre para adelante, always moving forward. I've spoken about this before. You know what I mean? And, uh, the basic idea again here coming out from the uh, paternal side is that no matter what happens in life, you know, we've been instilled with this belief that we should always move forward and never look back because life, life, it just is, it is what it is, homie. And there's no point in attempting to change the things that can't be undone. You know what I mean? Now, it's important to note that as stoic as you would imagine someone as, you know, who holds his beliefs to be like my grandmother and my grandfather, right? They're both very joyous people, you know, who, you know, who they enjoy life. But when shit fucking, when push comes to shove, dog, there's just strength. They're just a fucking, they're just strength, okay? Manifested in physical form. And uh, <laughs> I say this because even following the passing of my brother, dog, like, you'll still see them laughing and smiling and dancing. And it's not because they're fucking necessarily like, you know what I mean? They're, it's not necessarily because they're, they're like, what's a good way of saying this? They're not joyous. You know what I mean? Like, it's fucking a heavy cloud over my whole family right now, dog. But it boils down to the same thing. And that is that times are tough, homie. And sometimes singing and dancing is fucking all that we can do to get by. You know what I mean? So when it comes to like this whole social media shit, like, yeah, dog, times is tough. But when you see me shit posting, like, just know that like, it's don't fucking don't try to be like, oh, fuck. Well, I got to fucking deal with the death of my loved one by just fucking like ignoring all the pain that comes along with it and just fucking uh, like, toxic positivity type shit like no that's not what i'm trying to say homie okay anyways uh the second reaction i had immediately following the death of my brother was you know just a resolve to power it's just a resolve to power i know that you know i'm a strong person uh this much i feel goes without saying uh but when my brother passed dog i knew that i was going to have to be stronger in those moments that i had than you know than i'd ever been before and like in a strange almost sardonic way uh, I almost felt as though I had been preparing for that kind of moment my entire life, right? Which, which, which is weird, dog, because, you know, 
it's just weird because since childhood, bro, specifically, I was, I was specifically, you know, preparing. I've been bracing myself for the death of my grandparents since childhood. Okay. Since the first time I saw a dead body and fucking realized what the fuck and realized that people die. I was at a funeral. I was like four years old and I was like, oh shit, people die. And you know what I mean? And then I just put two and two together. And the first one that came to mind, I was like, oh fuck, I'm going to die one day too. And then the very next one that came to mind was, fuck, my grandparents are going to die too. Like, what the fuck, dude? So since childhood, bro, like I've been bracing myself for the death of my grandparents. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm still not prepared for it. You know, I'm more prepared than I was when I was four. But, you know, I'm nowhere near prepared for it as as I'm going to have to be when it fucking actually happens. You know what I mean? And uh, the reason I say it is because never, dog, never in a million years would I have guessed that it was my fucking brother who would have been the first person to pass, dog, the first person that we buried. You know what I mean? But, I mean, that's that's kind of besides the point. The point is that in the immediate wake of my brother's passing, I knew, I knew, dog, without question, that I would just, I would have to be strong for every person in my family, okay? Uh, because of just how detrimental, uh, just how fucking monumental uh, uh, an event it was. And um, yeah, dog, uh, I would like to think, I would like to think that, <laughs> I would like to think that as a, for the most part, that's pretty much been the case, okay? That as my brother died, you know, as he died, I, I don't know, man. I fucking, I held him in my arms, dog. I held him in my arms while, you know, everyone around us erupted in sorrow. And, uh, you know, I personally tasked myself with telling my grandfather that he had passed away. You know what I mean? And I, you know, I, I held his frail little body, his frail old body, right? As he sobbed in a way that he had never done before in our entire lives, right? And in the days that followed, I was there with a smile to comfort everybody who cried, right? At the funeral, I was there shaking everybody's hands when they'd come up to my brother's casket, right? Uh, to show their respects. And that, I, 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 I took it in stride, bro, because there's just no other choice. Like, I'm not, you know, you just, you, you have to be strong. You have to keep moving forward. You know what I mean? And does the vibe then for the past seven months of my brother's passing, basically, that's been the vibe. Like just fucking strength. You have no choice, dog. Just strength. Okay. So when people ask like, you know, how I seem to be doing so well, I would simply fall back on Nawa philosophy to comfort them and myself, dog. You know what I mean? And the basic idea here is that the idea that death is just, it's not a tragedy, okay? Let alone the end. And, you know, there's no agency in Teod. So it's not like my brother's death was the result of some fucking vengeful deity who purposely gave him cancer and made him suffer to the very end, right? Like Christians would believe when it comes to God. Like, why would God do this? You know what I mean? Um, but, but it, what's not, it's not that when it comes to Theo, because there is no God in Theo, dog. It's just, it's just life, bro. And it's just the result. My brother's passing was the result of, you know, realities continued unfolding. It's just, you know, it's got its beautiful moments, but it also comes with its fucking travesties as well. Uh, it's travesties, dog. And, uh, all of this, I do, I do believe it to be un uh, without question, dog, entirely true. Like I believe it to be unquestionably true. Maybe I'm dogmatic and religious in that end, but I just, you know, from a philosophical perspective, it just makes sense to me, okay? Um, and yeah, dog, that, 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 that's kind of where I had been, uh, basically, up until recently, dog. And uh, for whatever reason, I mean, I don't say whatever reason. Again, I'm not trying to downplay and diminish it. I, that'd be very irresponsible of me. But the reason being is that there's, oh, there's only so strong you can be for so long, okay? And uh, one of the... I guess one of the, the the biggest problems, I don't say it's a problem, it's not a problem. You're dealing with grief, homie. Like, give yourself some fucking, get, cut yourself some slack. You know what I mean? Um, I guess one of the strangest things that I've, that I've had been feeling recently is uh, like 
kind of utter solitude, bro, which is weird, okay? It's not new per se, but it's a feeling that I haven't necessarily felt in quite a while, bro. Um, I used to be, I used to be one of those gloomer, uh, fucking born alone, die alone dorks, right? Folk, I should say. Uh, but some years back, dog, I, I realized that this was a very nonsensical attitude. It's a syllogism, yes, no doubt, right? Um, and it's absolutely true, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it, in terms of like, if it's true, like in the words, like, yes, the words make sense. Like, yes, you're born alone, I need die alone, okay? But the experience, dog, we experience the process of being born, we experience the process of living, and, you know, if you're lucky, you experience the process of dying when fucking with other people, bro, like was the case with my brother, you know what I mean? He was surrounded by his loved ones, right? Like, yeah, if you want to get into the semantics of it, of course, the actual phenomenological experience, your own consciousness, yes, you experience that entirely on your own. No one can share our reality with us, okay? Uh, at least I don't think, bro. It's kind of weird, right? It'd be very weird that I'm just like an avatar for another person, right? In another dimension or some playable character inside a video game. Like, who knows? That, that'd be fucking weird. You know what I mean? But besides the point for now, what I do know for an absolute fact is that we don't come into this bitch alone, dog. Again, your mom, your mom brings you into this motherfucker. We don't grow humans in laboratories yet. At least I don't think, right? And, you know, as we go along, most of us have our family and later in life, our friends who are there with us for the majority of the time, bro. And again, those of us who are really lucky, we have by our side as we depart our family and friends, as was the case with my brother, okay? So this notion then of utter solitude could not be any more fucking further for the, from the truth. I just, I, I, don't, I don't think it's the truth, okay? I don't think we're alone. And I don't mean that in some creepy fucking Jesus loves you, but only if you buy into everything that religion says without question sort of way. You know what I mean? I don't mean it like that. Uh, I mean, in the sense that we're not born alone and we don't die alone. And honestly, even the most truly isolated and fucking socially awkward of us, like myself, right? We never truly are alone, dog. And that is because even if there were truly are no other people that we can relate to in person, in person, okay? Dog, there exist billions of people around the world who feel just as we do, okay? That we can connect to now thanks to the internet, which is one of the reasons why I'm so fucking thankful for not just, you know... You personally that's listening to this, but the ability to fucking facilitate the communication between you and I, you know what I mean? Because I know for a fucking fact, dog, my shit is obscure as fuck. My shit is fucking esoteric as fuck. My shit is fringe as fuck, okay? And for the longest time, I thought to myself like, fuck, dog, I'm alone in this bitch because only I can, I, only, I, only I think about this kind of shit, which is fucking vainglorious on its own, in its own respect, right? But it's absolutely not true, dog. Like, there's... There's a little community, you know what I mean? And like, we're in this bitch together, dog. And, you know, the idea that we're utterly alone just because you're not physically here, it's nonsensical, dog. Which is why I'm always, always like, yo, fucking for reals, dog. Shout out to every single one of you motherfuckers who are listening to this, okay? And who engage with me on the gram or on other socials, okay? Because that is exactly what you are to me. You are the fucking folk on the other end letting me know that I'm not alone, dog. And, you know, I do hope that this podcast and myself, I am the folk on your other end that lets you know that you ain't alone either. You know what I mean? And uh, honestly, dog, honestly, even before the advent of the Internet, I firmly believe that we had shit like the works of great philosophers to hold us down. OK, even if they fucking died thousands of years ago. OK, that we still were not alone. That's how deeply fucking invested I am in philosophy, dog. I talk shit sometimes about how like oh, I'm fucking tired of philosophy. Why did I choose this shit? But at the core, dog. I'm a fucking philosopher through and through, okay? 
And I'm not being the least bit hyperbolic, okay? When I say that philosophy can impact people, bro, on the most fundamental of levels with ideas that have, you know, persisted throughout the course of human history. I'm not being hyperbolic, yo, when I say that philosophy can help rescue us, yo, from the pits of despair, not by offering answers, okay? But rather by teaching us that the isolation that we are feeling it's not a prison in which we are alone and uniquely encaged within, okay? That there's millions, dog, billions, honestly, bro, if the fucking global consensus is to be, or the global census is to be believed, right? There's billions of people, yo, around the world that feel just as alienated as you do, who are searching for every bit of meaning that you and I are, okay? People who, you know, also like us, are quietly suffering on the fucking inside, bro, in a world that seems hell-bent on ignoring what, for many, are the only real concerns in life, bro, okay? So, you know, in that respect, I, I genuinely do feel that we, as philosophers, we have an amazing gift to share with the world. And, you know, it, it, as professors, moreover, it's we have a deep responsibility to the students that walk through our doors every semester, right? This is one of the reasons why it's one of the reasons why I fucking just, I, I hate the analytic tradition of philosophy, bro, okay? Because they don't even consider, for the most part, teaching the entirety of the tradition, right? And that, honestly, I feel is coming at a huge detriment to just humanity as a whole, bro. Not just fucking students, not just individual institutions, but humanity, bro, okay? And uh, the reason why is because we get, we get students, bro, who come into philosophy class who are, who are searching for answers to questions, okay? Uh, that the status quo that doesn't provide comfort to religion, government, fucking sports. You know what I mean? The status quo, it's good for a lot of people. It's good for most people, obviously. But there's fucking students, dog. There's people that's not good enough for them. You know what I mean? And uh, they come to a philosophy class searching for answers to, you know, that is it's outside of that fucking status quo. And for many of them, we are the first introduction to this amazing history of thought that, you know, it spans the entirety of humanity. So to limit that knowledge by, you know, not focusing on issues that extend beyond the analytic tradition is quite literally to spit in the face of the very opportunity that we're given as both philosophers and professors, bro, right? Uh, I personally I personally find this to be especially true when it comes to the Nahuatl tradition, bro, because, you know, as I've mentioned on multiple occasions, I'm convinced, I'm convinced that it holds answers to many of the problems that we face today that the Western Christian world, it simply cannot answer, okay? And um, yeah, that's the point of this fucking podcast, dog, is to, is, to, is to explain that in order to understand why, it's first important to understand more of the foundations of Nahuatl philosophy. And perhaps the best place to start would be with the most precious source of life force in Nahuatl thought, the heart. So when it comes to this Nahuatl philosophy shit, homie, uh, our insights, they first begin with the question, what can the mind and heart discover of real value on earth? The heart, in this sense, it refers to a person dog as a dynamic, as a dynamic being, okay? A person who seeks and desires something, right? Uh, the, the Nahuatl word for heart is yolot, which is derived from the root word of olin, okay? Or movement. Um, so this frames the second issue then, and that is that humans are restless beings that give their hearts to anything and thus proceed without a definite destination or goal. 
And in doing so, we lose our hearts again in this dynamic sense. So the idea here is just ask yourself, why are you here listening to this podcast? Seriously, for instance, okay? And then be honest with yourself. Do you really know? Or is it what you think you know, nothing more than the answer that you've been programmed with since childhood? So what I mean by that is like, are you, is it like, is it intentionality, bro? It's about intentionality. Do we really know why we're listening to this podcast? Do we really know why I'm in this relationship? Why I'm in this fucking job? Why I'm in anything that I'm doing in my life? Do I really know why I'm doing this? Or have I given my heart away, okay, to these institutions that are actively seeking it because they're going to utilize it to fucking advance their interests? And in exchange, what I get is this fucking false sense of, uh, of, uh, of accomplishment, if you will, that the heart itself yearns for, okay? So when the Nawa are telling us, like, be, be mindful, bro, because you're going to give your heart away to any and everything that promises this, and you're going to lose it, okay? They're going to tell us that we surrender our heart to something, you know, meant to pursue something else. Uh, the inference is that the word heart, okay, again, derived from the word, for the Nawa word, for movement, it signifies our dynamism, right? Our active search, if you will, specifically for ourselves. Uh, the idea is that we're, we're all searching for ourselves, okay? Whether we realize it or not, okay? And if you weren't, I would venture to say that you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, bro. You wouldn't be fucking, you wouldn't be in the job that you're in and you wouldn't be in the relationship that you're in, et cetera. And this is something of a twist, if you will, from people who say that listening to this podcast, for instance, or being in a job or a fucking dead-end job, or a, a shitty relationship is a distraction from ourselves because, you know, it's easier to deal with that bullshit than it is to deal with the bullshit that we've got going on inside, which I don't disagree with, okay? But I don't think that's the only interpretation, and that's where this Nawa shit comes along, okay? And what it's saying is that the reason we're in these things is because, yeah, our heart does yearn for something, okay? Our heart yearns for, you know, entertainment. Our heart yearns for uh, 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 uh a meaningful purpose instead of just laying around in bed all day. Our heart, you know, a meaningful purpose for our labor, if you will. Uh, our heart yearns for meaningful connections with other people. And that's why we're in this fucking in, in relationships while we go to work, why we're listening, why we listen to podcasts or watch movies and shit. You know what I mean? And uh, what they're saying specifically then is that is the reason that we're acting upon these because of our own actual, you know, desires or because we've given our heart away to things that will tell us that if, if, if you engage in these actions like working or being married, then you will in turn receive happiness. Like maybe, or maybe you'll fucking be working nine to five and hate your job and be married to someone that you fucking hate because, you know, you were told that at young age that getting married is what is love is. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, when they say that we're all searching for ourselves, whether we realize it or not, this is what they're talking about. And of course, the problem, if any, is that most of us, we have found ourselves in institutions that don't care about our quote unquote true self so much as they do, again, about advancing their own interests through us, right? So for the Tlamatini then, the Nawa philosophers, the same idea, okay, related to the deepest longing embedded in our hearts, which is the discovery of poetry and wisdom. That's what I'm talking about with labor. Like, it's not just work, bro. Like, labor is more than just work. It's fucking... The creation, okay? It's a creative process. And, you know, where the poetry and wisdom comes in is because through creating poetry, which is not just sitting down and fucking writing like some, you know, medieval fucking dork, okay? It's poetry is like expressed through actions, okay? So like jujitsu is poetry, for instance. Um, and the wisdom that you glean from the from the action of jujitsu, from engaging in jujitsu, from the discipline inherent with jujitsu, that's what they're talking about, okay? 
And that's what they mean when we're saying and engaging in, in labor, like it's a laborious process. Okay. And our heart yearns for the laborious process because obviously it satisfies our soul, you know, not a soul, like in the Christian sense, but like it, it satisfies us. Right. Um, but in doing so, we also gain wisdom from it and, you know, expresses ourselves in a, in a mode of poetry. Right. Well, the, 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 the floricanto. And uh, this idea specifically is addressed by the poem, okay? And it, the, the poem, it goes like this. It says, Stealer of songs, my heart, where will you find them? You are needy and poor, but grasp firmly the black and red ink, and perhaps you will no longer be a beggar. So when it comes to, like, why study philosophy, why listen to this podcast and shit, it's to end this longing, bro, to end the longing of the heart. Find what your heart desires, give it roots, and let it grow, express it, use it as our conduit, right? To the fucking most high, bro, the sacred. The idea here is that, you know, the wise person's heart, it's, it, it, it isn't destitute, okay? So what I mean by like destitute is that the stealer of songs, that's the songs of the heart, okay? Uh, the, the, the wise man's heart is not destitute because it does not allow its heart to be stolen by any and everything that offers it some sort of fucking false comfort, Okay. So when it comes to the heart, then, as understood as the dynamic quality of ego, which seeks to fill its own emptiness by searching for wisdom and art instead, right? Instead of giving it to, like, just fucking any institution that'll make the longing go away, the wise person's heart searches instead for wisdom and art, right? So this is very abstract shit going on, dog. And I guess perhaps the best way to understand this is to first expand our understanding, again, of art in general to more than just, you know, some... What, 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 what passes for art today, okay? We got to expand it far beyond that, okay? And see instead of, you know, see art instead as this passionate life expressed by way of any, again, quote-unquote, poetic endeavor that appeals to you. For me, it's jujitsu. For you, it could be yoga. It could be taking care of your kids. It could be cultivating a healthy relationship. It could be fucking working at something that you genuinely desire, whatever it is, Okay. Um, it's about cultivating that and learning the fucking wisdom inherent with what it takes to make it the most fucking well-ordered, if you will. Which leads us to the most important question, and that is, well, why even bother doing so? Okay, why even bother doing so? Because is there anything on earth that's even capable of satisfying the hearts of human, of humans rather, this whole dynamic being? And, you know, uh, that, that that's very important in Nawa philosophy, dog. And it's further complicated by the question of even if we do find something by chance, it's not permanent. Because remember, there is no permanence on this slippery earth. All right. And this is obviously itself an issue of great importance in Nawa philosophy, one they considered of extreme urgency due to both the lack of time we realistically have. You know, the average life is not really that long, bro. It seems long in the day to day. But when you look back, you're like, fuck, these years are flying by. You know what I mean? Um, but it's also important. It's also urgent in the sense that of how difficult it truly is to attain happiness. Okay. Uh, this idea itself is further expressed in the poem that states, what are we doing? We come only to be born. Our home is beyond in the realm of the defleshed ones. I suffer. Happiness, good fortune never come my way. Have I come here to struggle in vain? This is not the place to accomplish things. Certainly nothing grows green here. Misfortune opens its blossoms. Do flowers grow to the region of the dead? In the beyond, are we dead or do we still live? Where is the source of light? 
since that which gives life since that which gives life hides itself. So it's a very like for those of you who know us quote unquote Mexicans very well, you'll know that we're very dark, very morose, very uh emo for lack of a better term peoples, okay? And this is something that, you know, obviously extends way back into our ancestral tradition. This is a very this is a very dark poem, okay? But it's actually got like a very beautiful message inherent in it, okay? And the message here is intended for this poem to show us that the Nawa, dog, they sought with equal anxiety an explanation of life. So when it says, like, the giver of life hides itself. Like, they don't hide itself. It's everywhere, but it's nowhere. Like, I can't put my fucking finger on it, despite the fact that the only reason I can even try to put my finger on it is because it's it's emanating. It, it, it It's constituting me. You know what I mean? And whatever it is that I try to put my finger on. And uh, that's what they're saying is, like, they're looking for with equal anxiety, right, for an explanation of life and for our work uh, as humans, uh, as both are ultimately threatened by extermination. Like, okay, I want a meaning for life. I want an explanation for life. I want a purpose for why I'm here. But goddamn, like, I'm going to die. Everything's going to die. And what the fuck is the point of it then? Okay. And uh, they further this, they follow, they further this, uh, this, this problem, if you will, this philosophical problem by asking us, what does your mind seek? Where is your heart? If you give your heart to each and everything, you lead it nowhere. You destroy your heart. Can anything be found on earth? So the idea here is that those who question themselves in this very way, we're clearly not content with the answers provided to us by like religion or traditional thought, bro. We, we're desiring something deeper, okay? And uh, belying this question is the uncertainty of stability or truth in this world, which gives rise to an even greater existential question. And that is, of course, is there any hope for escape from the unreality of dreams, from the evanescent world? The poem goes on to say, it tells us, do we speak the truth here, O giver of life? We merely dream. We only rise from a dream. All is like a dream. No one speaks here of truth. Does man possess any truth? If not, our song is no longer true. Is anything stable and lasting? What reaches its aim? So before we get deeper into this poem, it's important to understand that, you know, the word for truth in Nahuatl is, bear with me here, Neltilitzli, okay? Which stems from the word Nelhuayot, okay? Which means base or foundation. So in that respect, truth in Nahuatl epistemology is identified with well-grounded stability. Right, some deeply like philosophical shit here. Um, so the question then becomes, well, so the question rather, does man possess any truth? It should be construed as, does life have firm roots? And this idea, you know, it, it's amplified by the next question, and that is, is anything stable and lasting? So basically, what's happening here is that you know when we consider uh, all of the, you just. When we consider in the wake of the transitory temporal reality we define as existence, okay, the central concern of whether anything is quote unquote true or stable and lasting is fundamentally concerned with questioning the possibility of escaping the elusive present and finding something more certain than the emptiness of earthly things. So again, just a very, very complex philosophical problem and answer that is expressed in this beautiful poetic form, okay? And the basic idea here is like, okay, 
The Nawa find themselves on this earth where nothing is permanent, including truth. And if there's no truth, what the fuck is the point of us being here and of me doing anything? And yet, despite this, they do not succumb to the nihilism inherent with, you know, the Western Christian thought. They continue to search for meaning and purpose, and as we'll find, hopefully are able to discover it. Uh, so, what Nawa philosophy then, again, it should be deeply understood as being involved with attempting to discover a foundation, okay? A true basic principle for humans and the universe. Okay, because again, without a solid foundation, even the most profound thoughts and accomplishments could not possibly convey truth, right? They would not have any significance and would not endure, basically. And thus, ultimately, what the Nawa philosophers, the Tlamatini, arrived at is the unquestionable conclusion that in this earth, in this earthly life, nothing endures, including life itself, right? So when people are like, yo, how the fuck are you so like, you seem to be fine. What the fuck? And it's like, okay, first of all, I'm not fine. Okay. I might not express it, you know, on social media or even in person. Like you'll even see me in person. Like I'm fucking for the most part, you know, trying to be more happier as an individual. But that does not mean that I'm just fucking forgotten about my brother or have just fucking moved on from his death so quickly. Okay. It simply means that I've come to understand from a Nawa perspective that in this fucking life, there is an unquestionable conclusion. And that is that in this earthly life, nothing endures. Not even you or me, my brother, my grandparents, your parents, your grandparents. Everything dies, homie, to quote the fucking great typo negative song. Okay? Everything dies. I wish Peter Steele was still alive, man. I would love to see his fucking thoughts on what's happening right now. I really would. Anyways, moving on. This understanding, dog, that in this earthly life, nothing endures, it furthered the Nawa obsession rather, with finding an authentic meaning for human activity and thought. What I mean by that is like, I don't give a fuck what anyone says, bro. At the end of the day, the Nawa were fucking warriors and they went out on their shield. You could say what you say. They were obsessed ultimately with finding a meaning in life and they pursued it with fervorous vigor. The story itself, bro, the Nawa, it's fucking wrought with tragic irony. Because in doing so, they ultimately brought the downfall of their own empire, right? Like, talk all this shit about colonizers, which is fine. Like, they deserve all this shit to be talked about them. But it's important to know that the Nawa themselves were just as bit as fucking colonizers, okay? They fucking were just as bit as imperialistic and just as bit as militaristic as the United States is, right? So, you know, you inevitably, you know, you reap what you sow. Shout out to the United States of America, right? Um... And uh, the idea here is that, it, you know, the meaning, one of the, one of, not the only, but one of the meanings they found was like, oh shit, we're, we're these fucking, uh, uh, the, 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 these warrior scholars and our purpose is to keep the sixth, the sixth son, or the fifth son rather, the fifth son alive in order to ensure our continued survival here on earth. And the only way to do so is by fucking through blood sacrifices, which I've talked about why I've given the, the, the reasoning, the philosophical reasoning why in, pre, in a previous episode of the podcast, right? Uh, and, you know, for them, it was perfectly justifiable within their, you know, within their epistemology and their ideology. But to the people they're conquering, they looked at them like, man, what the fuck these dudes, yo, they're fucking killing all our peoples and they're sacrificing them or whatever. You know what I mean? So, you know, uh, 
it was just like this bitter, there's a bitter irony to it because that's what ultimately caused their fucking downfall. It wasn't the Spanish, okay? They didn't conquer the, the Mexicas. Get the fuck out of here, dog. They were conquered by the neighboring tribes that were fucking subjected or were conquered by and subject were conquered and subjected by the Nahuatl, right? At the command of the Spanish. That's how it happened. And, you know, even in defeat, dog, even in defeat, I will say they still were not on the shields with their heads held high. You know what I mean? But that's besides the point. The point for this is that, like, even when I say I'm not, when I, when I say rather that I'm not a nihilist, that I'm a Nahuatl, this is the type of shit that I'm talking about, okay? Then the idea is that my struggle for finding meaning and purpose ended the moment that I realized that I was nothing more than the embodiment of this warrior spirit manifest in current times, okay, to continue carrying out this mission, right? Though in better, more, or in more modern approaches, I should say, not even better, just more modern approaches. Okay, so that goes back to the whole introduction of the podcast when I'm talking about like, yo, I appreciate the fuck out of you. I'm happy you're still here. I appreciate the fuck out of you telling me that when's the next episode dropping because this is me understanding like I got the fucking mission to carry out, dog. And I I can't just be fucking sitting down and laying down in fucking bed lamenting what was I type shit because of the passing of my brother. I would want to trust me. Every impulse in me wants to do just that, but I understand. You got to keep it moving, homie. Siempre para adelante. You got a fucking mission to fucking, you know, accomplish while you're here for this limited time on this slippery earth of, you know, Tlaltic Pac. And, you know, life's going to happen, dog, and you don't have fuck it. You just, you just got to keep it rocking. You have to keep it rocking. Okay. And uh, it was also like in preparing this podcast, I'm moving here out of the way so that you can see, hopefully, I got my boy fucking Via. Uh, I got my fucking, this is my mom. It's the ancestors, homie. You know, Francisco Villa, Pancho Villa. I got Maria, Maria Sabina right there. And of course, fucking Emiliano Zapata. Just a few of the fucking ancestors who are holding it down. I got fucking my brother here as well. Pac and Biggie. You know what I mean? It's not just one fucking. It, it's, 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 a, it's a culmination of ancestors that hold it down and then let you know like, yo, shit is tough, dog. There's no doubt about it. Life itself is fucking tough. But you got to keep it moving, homie. Okay? You got to keep moving. You can hear the echoes of the ancestors fucking for you know, generations that are encouraging us to move forward with the understanding, okay, of the universe, right, that they developed. And honestly, that's the impetus to try to, you know, share it with people who might be going through some shit that could potentially fucking, you know, be of benefit to them as well. Now, I mean, I get that this could perhaps be a little bit grandiose on my behalf, but I, again, I sincerely feel as though it's because of this that I'm not isolated alone, uh, isolated or alone, despite what the evils running around my mind are trying to tell me, bro. Uh, you know, I understand full well that I'm part of one collective whole with the mission to try to help unite motherfuckers, bro, to let others know, again, you're not alone, dog. I'm not alone. We're all in this together, right? We have a long, long ways to go before we can get to a more ideal place, you know, but getting there, it's not impossible, Okay. It's going to take a lot of work, no doubt, but the strength to building that new world, it's entirely within us, dog. And it starts first with understanding Nahuatl philosophy, the flows of sacred energy and how they can be swayed in our favor, right? At this moment, most of us, you know, we're tilted entirely in one direction and it's mostly negative, okay? And we spend the majority of our lives in this position, okay, with at best, at best, maybe the illusion of balance, right? Because we like to think to ourselves and say that, we're doing all right, that, you know, life has its ups and downs. And, you know, we use the ups as a means to justify the shit we did when we were down and use the shit while we do while we're down to justify our temporarily being there. Like, that's the case for me, Doug. Okay. Uh, but it's an illusion. It's an illusion. 
And philosophy can come along and help us figure this out and put our ass back on the path, dog. This is the fucking Nawa ordering of life, the sacred Tlazoli, okay? The conscientious recognition of the fact that we have the power to influence their reality in our favor, okay? And that there are certain facets of life. There's certain facets of life, bro. And, you know, that we can't, con- I mean, it's not that we, we can't control it. There's just certain things in life that you just cannot control, okay? Death is one of them, right? But there's a lot of things that we can't control, bro. And the way that we've been brought up, uh, it's potentially keeping us from, you know, doing so. Hence, that, that's the whole recovery element of hood philosophy. I'm just, I'm like beating around the bush because I don't, I don't like, I don't know why. It's like sounding conspiratorial. I've done whole fucking episodes on conspiracy, bro. We've been fucking, we've been miseducated, dog. These motherfuckers, the power elite, have purposely miseducated us, and because of that, it's having a detrimental effect on our lives, but an amazing fucking effect on their stock portfolios. Because you know, in miseducating us, one of the elements is that the only reprieve from the fucking pain that we're experiencing, the isolation and loneliness that they've given us is fucking like medication and shit. Like, oh, just take this pill and everything will be better, which of course lines their pockets further because of the pharmaceutical industry. Like, nah, dog, it's not always about drugs, homie. It's about fucking understanding, you know, the positive fucking, it's understanding the positive in life, bro. And having not a sunny disposition, like, like that's great to have. Okay. Um, but understanding that, like, you've got to work on yourself. Like, well, that's shit that we can control. Like, you can't rely on fucking outside institutions. They're just stealing our hearts from us, okay? We have to work on ourselves and start from within if we want this fucking to be able to have the strength necessary to overcome the hardships inherent with life, bro, okay? And uh, that it's not going to fucking, it's not going to be easy, dog. And it's not, we're not helping ourselves by, by, by uh, engaging in the actions that they've provided to us in order to that that have stolen our hearts from us, like yeah, dog. Of course, eating a cheeseburger, for instance, is fucking. It feels great, okay. But that happiness is not real. They've stolen our heart from us. It's not a real fucking happiness, okay. That's some shit that exists external to us, and uh, no matter how much we try to justify it, it doesn't mask the fact that you know we've fallen victim to the negative uh, the negative aspects of existence which is exactly what they want. They want for that to happen, right? And that's, you know, as part, honestly, in the complete interest of full disclosure is where I personally was for like a month prior to the last week's episode of the podcast. I did. I did fall victim to it, right? Because of how hard, just how difficult it is, bro. Like, fuck, dealing with the death of a loved one, right? But uh, again, it's all about picking the way back up, dog. And part of part of that, okay, Part of that entails, you know, being honest with ourselves, bro, and understanding that as awesome as fucking placatory numbing practices are, there's no real substance to it, right? It's nothing more than a facade. They're just facades, bro. And, uh, you know, these facades, we use them to justify the weight of the negative forces that are holding us down. And unless we're keeping it 100 with ourselves, bro, it's only going to further diminish the quality of life that we're living. Because, again, we're just going to be giving our hearts away to these institutions, beer companies, fucking fast food corporations, sports entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, all that kind of shit. Dog. They don't give a fuck about us. They just want to keep making money. And, you know, we, in turn, get that numbing effect that it provides us. But it's not real. It doesn't last. It's, not, it's nothing of true fucking value. So the whole point, then, is to, you know, find or is to give our heart the strength and countenance, Okay. That is only possible by way of philosophizing. The question, of course, next, obviously, is how do we go about doing all of this? And naturally, that is something that Nawa have an answer for. But 
That's a whole ass conversation, dog. A whole ass different podcast for a whole ass different day. Okay. And um, yeah, before I wrap this bitch up completely, dog, I did want to finish. I did want to finish. This is something that I probably should have included in the run it back episode, but I felt was more fitting for this episode with a little bit of a parting thought. It's got nothing to do with what I've just talked about to an extent. Okay. And uh, the parting thought is regarding the perception that I know that I could possibly get when talking about colonization and colonizers in general. Okay. And that is that I know full well that for a person who isn't entirely versed with what I'm talking about, right, who's only coming along now, for instance, and seeing the kinds of posts that I put up, I understand how it can be very unappealing, especially to white folks, dog, if just be 100 with it, okay? In the sense that it would appear as though I have some deep-seated hatred for them based simply on, the, on their ethnicity, dog. And that's just, it's just not true. It's simply not true, Okay. What I do have a deep-seated fucking hatred for is white supremacy and those who actively uphold it. No doubt. No question about it, right? But I'm more than well aware that race itself, ethnicity, I should say, has been weaponized to further divide us, okay? And that the majority of white people, dog, they're cool as fuck, honestly, even if you're all on stolen land, okay? <laughs> in fact, if I'm being completely honest, dog, it's been white folks who have helped me tremendously in my healing process, Okay? Namely those who are musicians from my favorite melodic death metal bands, bro. Mellow Death in general, that's my fucking raspberry jam, homie. And, you know, I have Tupac and Biggie up here because, you know, hip hop raised me. But Mellow Death, uh, melodic death metal to this day, that's basically all I listen to, okay? And while I'm sure there's dope bands out there that ain't white, I know for a fact there are, dog. The best unquestionably come from the, nor the frozen tundras of fucking Europe, homie. And, you know, the messages in their songs of death, loss, sadness, and, you know, on the flip, life, love, and hope, they've been critical and they've been instrumental in helping me personally cope with the loss of my brother, dog, right? So, you know, for those of you who, you know, who possibly fellow, uh, you know, those of you who are, you know, possibly fellow mellow death dorks like myself, or who are perhaps even interested in checking out some bands, right? The two that have really, really, really come in clutch for me in these sad times have been Insomnium and Omnium Gatherum. They're homies, okay? Uh, there's some people that call them Insomnium Gatherum because of how close the two are. You know what I mean? Um, as a matter of fact, fun fact, just in case, like, I don't know, fun fact about the podcast. Most of my episodes in the past year, they've been named after Insomnium tracks, okay? And this one right here, it's going to be the first one that's named after an Omnium Gatherum song that really, really helped expose me, dog, to how raw and vulnerable I truly was due to the loss of my brother, right? And um, yeah, the only reason I mention that, dog, is it's just to give homage, dog. Give homage to the people who have brought so much happiness and joy to my life, dog. The people who have let me know that, you know, even though I've never met you motherfuckers, I'm not alone because I can fucking, you're here with me through your music, okay? And uh, yeah, dog, basically just to fucking end with a positive note, and that is the fucking, the shared humanity, okay? The shared humanity. That's the message, homie. So um, yeah, I guess with that, I wish you all one love, and I hope that you have a great rest of your morning, afternoon, day, night, whenever the fuck it is that you're hearing this, and I'll see you next time. Until then, peace. Peace.